Hello and welcome back to Talking Dogs. It's always great to have you here with me. Uh, I'm Graham Hall. I'm also known as the Dog Father and that's because I've got over a decade of experience training unruly dogs who are driving their owners to distraction. Uh, now, I, I won't rest until every dog owner feels confident that they're doing the right thing by their dog, which is why I help dog owners one-to-one on Telly's Dogs Behaving Very Badly, but also on this very podcast too. Now, I've talked through what I think of as a kind of nuisance nipping uh, with puppies on a previous episode. That's that annoying but ultimately fairly harmless thing that they do when they're teething and they're sort of discovering, exploring the world through their mouths, right? But today, I want to think about when nipping turns to biting, proper biting, and what you should be doing if your dog really is being aggressive. Now, before we go any further, there's a bit of a caveat with this one. If you've got a a problem with a dog being aggressive, biting, if there's any chance that someone or another dog can get hurt, then, you know, don't hesitate to seek some professional advice locally. Sadly, I can't get around to everybody in person. What I can do on this podcast is give you a few general pointers, but that doesn't take away from what a professional can do when they actually see your dog and work with you. So... Without further ado, let's start with Phoebe. Uh, Now, she sent me a voice note all the way from Switzerland. Hi, Graham. My name's Phoebe, and I live in Switzerland uh, with my family and my dog, Max. Uh, He's a rescue dog that we got at one year old, and he is a border collie crossed with an Australian cattle dog. The real problem is when we go on walks, sometimes he reacts aggressively to people for no apparent reason. And he has a tendency to nip people's ankles as they walk past for no reason, as I can see. So it might be a man or it might be a woman. You know, It doesn't really seem to make a difference. I can't pinpoint what it is that makes him react like that. Um, he does it when he's on the lead. He does it when he's off the lead. It's only occasional. It's, it's, it's not every time. The real problem is because he's so unpredictable, it's really hard for me to, to react in the correct way. He has drawn blood once. Uh, I don't want it to happen again. Is there anything I can do to solve this problem? I'd be really grateful for your input. Thank you. Great. Well, you've also let me know in the email that came along with the voicemail that Max has been put on a local dangerous dogs list over there in Switzerland. So and I can imagine how, how very upsetting that is for you. Now, I don't know about the rules in Switzerland uh, or elsewhere, but certainly in the UK, there is a big problem uh, if your dog is perceived that it was going to injure somebody, right? whether or not they actually did, would you believe? So you could find yourself falling foul of the the Dangerous Dogs Act if somebody believes they were about to be injured. That's quite a serious thing, of course. But quite apart from the legalities of it, nobody really wants their dog to be attacking anybody else, to upsetting people and scaring people. Of course we don't. We're all reasonable people, aren't we? Uh, at least if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are, I'd like to think. So you also mentioned in your email that Max is a really lovely, clever dog and he's got solid basic training. So it's this classic sort of Jekyll and Hyde thing, the sound of it. That he's lovely with you and the family and most of the time out and about he's fine, but occasionally he just turns and does this like little nipping thing. 
more than nipping. So in your voice note, you're talking about the fact that you can't seem to work out what's flipping him from that lovely dog to this scary one. Sometimes we can go all around the houses trying to just work out what it is that's triggering um, a dog's behaviour. And the truth is we could make it an awful lot more simple than that. So instead of spending all your time doing the sort of mental gymnastics of like, you know, did that person do this? What was the colour they were wearing? Did they wear a hat? Was it a man? Was it a woman? How were they moving? Uh, and all of that kind of thing. You, you simply sort of watch the dog and go right is he allowed to do that no okay let's take issue with that but also the bit everybody forgets is that if he didn't do it if he didn't react badly then that's the behavior we do want so what should we be doing well actually praising him right but calmly so you don't rev him up Nine times out of ten, people forget that because you end up focusing on the potential for bad stuff and then you kind of button it the rest of the time. So anytime somebody says to me, I've got this intermittent problem with my dog and, you know, usually that's driving you up the wall, I turn that on its head. Intermittent means that sometimes he's bad and you can't predict it. But by definition, it also means that sometimes he's good and you could praise it. So if you never praise the good thing, how does he know what you want from him and how can you keep him calm so that's the first thing I think to say but actually when you listen to this it might not be quite as unpredictable as you think sure it's intermittent but there probably is a reason um, why he reacts that way so let's think about the breeding so he's a border collie crossed with an Australian cattle dog yeah, living in Switzerland there's a, there's a mix um, herding animals is all about movement if they're moving you can herd them and make them go where you want if they're not moving then you could stare at them, which you often see with border collies, or you can give them a little nip if need be. So hence this biting the ankles. But he's doing it in quite a, sounds like quite a hard way. My guess would be, without having seen it, he probably reacts worse to the ones that move quickly. So often that just creates this trigger of like, I've got a nip, you know. So that's probably when to, to keep an eye out on him. I'd keep him on a lead or at least a long line while you're trying to fix this problem because if he's 100 metres away over there and he does it, yeah, you've got your voice, but that's all you've got. So in my book, All Dogs Great and Small, I, I broke down how we communicate with dogs. And it, basically the headline news is this. It's tone of voice, so the sound we make, body language, the look of us, including facial expressions, and touch. So that can be a stroke or it could be potentially a flick on a line but it's it's how we sound how we look and how it feels now if he's all the way over there and he's off lead yeah we've got the sound of our voice which isn't terribly effective on its own we haven't got any way of doing body language because he's not looking at us he's probably going back to us and we certainly haven't got the ability to do touch at a distance so if you've got him on a long line at least you've got that touch thing uh, and you can perhaps catch him i mean at the very least you could you might be able to prevent it if you're quick but also if he looks back at you you know your body language will will tell him ah, no don't even think about it or indeed okay good lad that was a good choice to back down yeah and then it's a case of building up the level of difficulty i would say so i'd keep him a certain distance from the people that you think might be most likely to trigger it uh, and then get nearer and nearer as you go because to you know throw that right on it said it would be irresponsible wouldn't it to just let a dog loose without being absolutely confident that they're not going to bite so i think it might not be as random as you think intermittent means sometimes good not just sometimes bad and that means there's good stuff that you can reward 
keep him on a lead or a long line by a long line by the way it could be a retractable or to be honest i would just use an ordinary uh, line that's perhaps 10 meters long without a spring tensioner to it and build up the level of difficulty as you go that's that's how i'd approach that problem Now, I've got an email from Sue, whose three-year-old Boxweiler Simba also has a history of biting people and dogs. So this is a, uh, a Rottweiler cross boxer. So Simba has been aggressive towards me on occasion, says Sue. He's bitten but not broken the skin on my daughter's friend. Uh, he's attacked my other dog to the point where there's a lot of blood. So, okay. So having a pop at people, yeah, but having a pop at dogs in a much worse way by the sound of it. Sue's keeping the two dogs separate. Simba bites with only a look that he gives for a warning. So he's aggressive for no particular reason. So, for example, just stroking his head and uh, Simba went for Sue. What would I suggest? Right, okay. Now, this is interesting, and this sounds quite worrying really so we've got a dog that's having a pop at people not broken the skin yet could get worse these things sometimes do sorry but that's the way it is and you've certainly got a problem where he would really sounds like quite badly attack another dog okay does it for no apparent reason no particular reason was the exact phrase that's interesting because phoebe was saying no apparent reason um in switzerland so you may well discover that there are patterns to this. So if you ask yourself the question, what was happening in the run-up to the bite? That's quite an enlightening question. That's a question I ask a lot in one-to-ones. So what was happening in the few seconds, certainly minutes and seconds, that ran up to that bite? And sometimes there's a build-up of tension going on, and then boom, there's a bite. I'll give you an example. Went to see a couple with the German Shepherd ones who had bitten a little girl who was a friend of the family and it's very out of character. Had never done anything like this before, but nonetheless a very worrying problem. So what was in the run-up to it? Well, it turned out that in the two hours before there'd been a bit of a sort of family emergency. So a phone call had come through, something had happened. Could somebody go and pick the little girl up from, from school with her friend? Uh, and it was a case of bundle a dog in the car all sorts going on phone calls coming in left right and center bit of a panic and you can tell that that tension was building and the dog will pick up on that you know so everybody around is suddenly losing the plot and then it was a case of back to the house and uh, yeah go sort yourselves out the girls it turns out went to run through a very narrow sort of entrance way and the dog tried to squeeze through at the same time and we think that the dog probably got sort of literally squeezed in at the side and then just turned around and bang had a little nip but it's not so much what happened in that moment. You can almost sense, you know, if there's a soundtrack on a film, it would be almost like the Jaws music. Things are getting worse. Dum, 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 dum. Pretension's building. Ding, 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 ding. Bang. You know? So what was happening beforehand? Ask that question. We do need to be aware of things that we think are nice and cute, uh, like sometimes things like head strokes, but where a dog might perceive it to be different, right? So, uh, again, without knowing exactly what was going on with Simba before you had a, a go at um, your daughter's friend, it could be that sometimes, you know, we hug dogs or we, we get our face in their face and, you know, give them a kiss and that sort of thing. It's not what a dog perceives as cute, potentially, so that could be where that's coming from. Some dogs will give lots of warning. They 
growl, they whine, they bark, they lift their lip. You can see it coming. It's very much a case of like, I'm not happy. I'm really not happy. If you don't do something, I'm going to take some action. You're in big trouble now. And then finally, boom, right? Simba isn't really like that so the mastiff breeds and i used to have rotties people say you don't get much warning you do but it's visual right you don't hear it coming you rarely hear a growl in fact sometimes they they growl because they're talking which is misunderstood but you do get a look if you watch the body language really closely you can see it coming it's like oh oh we're in trouble here so that that's really something to watch out for I think there's a wider discussion to be had around where aggression comes from. Sometimes it's from fear, you know, fight and flight and all that kind of thing. My gut feeling in this case, Sue, is it probably isn't that. Sounds like Simba's trying to be a bit bossy. Uh, that That's what it feels like to me. But as I say, it's very difficult to say without seeing it. And I would advise you to, to you know, see if you can find some professional help. Somebody really needs to see that, talk to you in a lot more depth, get to know your dog, and then they'll be able to, be able to advise you properly. But a couple of tips for you there. Another thought around this topic of dogs that may bite is what to do if you're on the other side of it, right? So let's say you're out for a walk and your dog's playing with another one that actually you're not particularly comfortable with. It's a question that I'm asked quite a lot, actually. How do you protect yourself and your dog from another dog that's dangerous? It's a tricky one to answer. It's a bit like asking a police officer, you know, how do you protect yourself when somebody's coming at you screaming and shouting and waving a uh, waving a knife at you? Well, yeah, um, there's no single way to fix that. But panicking certainly doesn't help help is all I would say. So remove yourself from the dog from the situation if you can see it escalating. If you're walking along and you see a dog and you, for whatever reason you just think, do you know what, I'd rather not get involved with that dog. You know, let's not put a value judgment on it, but you know, you've got the right to do that. Um, as you walk down the street, you don't talk to everybody, do you? Whereas I think sometimes with dogs, it gets a bit like that in the dog park. It's like everybody's got the right to say hello to everybody's dog. And it's like, well, not really. So give them a wide berth. If you're not sure, you know, sometimes it's, it's just best to sort of carry on regardless. If you've got two dogs together, this often happens. The two dogs get close together and they're having a little sniff and everything's fine. And it's almost as though one of them goes, hang on a minute, and then it sort of changes, you know. Woof off and they have a go. It happened to me um, very recently with a, with, a, with a client's dog. And I could sort of see it coming. The dog barreled into us. We've got a dog who's a really big dog. He was quite reactive to others. And in that moment, it's a judgment call. So I could just try and drag my dog away, but it's all going to get a bit ugly and the excitement's going to build. Or I can be have my wits about me and go, yeah, okay, we'll say hello. But then it's for me to decide when that ends. If you let the dogs carry on, carry on, carry on, and then they tell you when it's ended, often it tips over. You know that thing with children where it's going to turn to crying? Because you can sense the excitement build and it's going to sort of tip over in a minute. Well, you get that with dogs. So the clever thing to do is be like that mum who steps into the bedroom and goes, Oi, pack it in. <laughs> That's enough now. You know, they just they just know when it's going to go wrong. So maybe let them have a little sniff. And then before it's gone wrong, it's like, well, it was nice to meet you. Cheers. Come on, then. Off we go and go. Be quite decisive. You know, just turn and go. You can be very friendly with it. Do it in that manner that everything's all very normal, all very, you know, workaday. But it's right we're off you know and that's that's what i would do there just a really quick note on what the protocol might be if your dog is the one that injures another dog 
or uh, let's hope not but a person right obviously get the dog away you know keep them to one side but do stay around don't run away <laughs> which sounds obvious but I, I hear it all the time the right thing to do is to exchange details offer to pay any vet bills if that's appropriate and let the people know who you are and hopefully it can all be you know resolved and it goes without saying if you didn't expect that from your dog there's something going on so either get in touch with you know a, a behavior professional who can help you out with that because quite often nipping things in the bud if you excuse the pun is the best way to do it don't let these things fester but also it could be a vet uh, visit is appropriate for you as well because dogs sometimes lash out and bites it's the only way they can communicate when they're in pain and the first thing we know that there's something wrong with them is that they've done something like that it's the bear with the sore head syndrome so if yours is the one who was the aggressor shocking as it is just do the right thing Michelle also has a dog who very much likes to use her teeth, but for this one, it's less aggression-led. So let me talk you through it. Michelle's email reads, While walking outside on a lead, my eight-month-old golden retriever occasionally jumps up at me, biting and snarling. It seems to happen when she's excited or frustrated and she uses me as an outlet. I've tried ignoring her by turning my back on her, not engaging with her, but she just bites my back and she gets tangled in the lead. And I try to untangle her and then she bites my hand. I've just started to say no to her face and I, I'll try to use my other hand to push her away, but it may be that that's just winding her up even more. So in a nutshell, sounds like Michelle's tried doing nothing, ignoring it actively and tried saying no. So yeah, what does this sound like? Um, now, there is a, a video that Michelle sent in, so I've been watching that and it, it runs for about three minutes where she's out and about and I think it's a significant other, I would guess, uh, the husband or other half who's, who's on the phone. So she's walking along, doing her best, going no, 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 and... Uh, <laughs> And there's a dog jumping up and down and biting the lead and it's it's mayhem really uh, and her husband's very helpfully saying um things like do you, you want to stop that why don't you walk on uh, <laughs> she's trying to walk on so what can i see in this video that's right and wrong well looking at the dog first i'm going to use a, a technical um, dog behavior uh, term here uh, she's been a bit of a git but it's a word that's been ruled out by the speaker of the house of commons as unparliamentary language but i've just double checked and i'm definitely not a member of parliament nor am i ever likely to be so your dog's been a bit of a git um i think she's gonna grow out of that actually she's at that teenage stage where she's rebelling against everything and she just wants to take control of that walk i think that's what's going on it's like Aah. and i think you're right the excitement builds she doesn't know what to do with herself and she just gets silly but the first thing i'm seeing looking at this is that the lead is way too long right because the lead's so long she gets to tie herself up so it's around her paw at one point she gets to almost tie you up in, in knots because she's round the front and the lead's trailing around and here's the thing it's visible to her all the time because there's this kind of fairly brightly colored lead that's just just there in front of her face so what's she going to do she's going to bite in she it's just too tempting i noticed in puppy classes years ago that if you've got a dog slightly too far behind you when you walk often they're more likely to bite the lead than if they're in the right position sort of alongside you and i realized because i was training up another dog trainer when 
when that lady, the dog trainer, walked the, this this puppy, it was fine. There was no lead biting going on whatsoever. And then when the owner took the lead, this dog was biting the lead non-stop. But it was odd because the, the owner wasn't really doing anything wrong. The length of the lead was all right, really, and all those other things. The, the, the lady's posture was fine. But I noticed after about three or four times around the hall that actually the difference between the, the two handlers was that uh, with my dog trainer doing it, the dog was that bit further forward, so there wasn't this lead enticingly dangling right in front of her, uh, in front of her mouth, and that was the difference. As soon as we got the dog in the right position, it was fine. So what I am seeing with yours, Michelle, is that your lead's just way too long. So I'd shorten that lead. It doesn't need to be tight, mustn't be tight, but it it should have just a bit of a J to it. Yours is is just way too long. The other thing is that there are no moments of praise so she's bad most of the time in that little video but there are moments when she stops for a few seconds you know and that could be when you go ah good girl that's fine she'll go straight back to it but often we think oh it's not work so i'll give up on the praise no it's fine you, you've got to catch the praise moments as well as the no moments so on to that, you're mistiming some of your nose as well. There's some when you're saying no at the right time and she's she's at it. Uh, but there's other times when she's actually stopped for a second. It's what humans do. So it's like, no, no, dog stops. No, because we're frustrated. you know. And she's thinking, well, so biting the leads, no. Um, stopping is no. I never get praised for anything. There's a lead dangling in front of me. What's the girl to do, right? It's all a bit frantic, isn't it? That should be, if you do all of those things, I think you'll get a much calmer walk. But do you know what? I reckon if I asked you how you're doing in six months' time, even without this help, the chances are you'll have got out of it. I think it's a stage she's going through, but you don't have to suffer in silence. You can make that stage go through quicker. Well, before I let you go, um, let's just have a quick word about hot weather. At the uh, time of recording this in the UK, it's pretty warm. So dogs don't cope well in the heat and they particularly don't acclimatise quickly. Dogs that, that, that live in hot climates are fine, but in the UK and other temperate places, as soon as you get those first really hot days of summer, that's when we've got to be careful. The classic, of course, is in cars. I think we all know it. I, I wish this went without saying, but it doesn't. Uh, you just must not leave a dog in a hot car even with the windows wound down slightly you know anything above 20 degrees let's say outside and it can get to a dangerous temperature in a car in a matter of minutes but also think about um, what it's like to walk for a dog with no shoes on on a red hot pavement uh, you know if you've ever walked onto the, the 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 beach and the Costa del Sol in the heat of the summer with bare feet you know what that's like so just think about perhaps walking your dogs uh, at a different time maybe uh, earlier in the morning or, or later at night and if you're listening to this thinking why is he talking about the hot weather because it's minus three degrees outside you're either a bit behind the times and boy have you got a lot of podcast episodes to catch up on or you're in the southern hemisphere Thank you so much for being here with me for another training session today. Now, no problem is too big or too small. And if something's upsetting or troubling you, it's worth me knowing about it. I'd love to be helping you on an upcoming episode. So do send me a voice note. Uh, you probably know the email by now. It's this, talkingdogs at avalonuk.com. 
www.thepodcastmag.com and I love hearing your voice if you can do it that way. If you're finding my tips even the tiniest bit helpful, I'd really love it if you'd leave a rating for me uh, or a review. It's great reading what you're up to with your dogs. So do please subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. Look after yourselves, your loved ones and of course, your dogs. Bye for now.